This morning we are going to kick off a new series called The Names of God. In the next four weeks we are going to look at the book of Exodus and kind of specifically Exodus chapter 3 and a few other chapters that going to be looking at a few of the different names of God and kind of see how some of the different names of God show us some of the different characteristics or attributes of God and how that applies to us and how we can call upon the different names of God and how that can help us in our prayer life and just help us understand a little bit more about who God is when we understand some of the different names of God. And so uh, this morning we're going to look at the name I Am. The name I Am we're going to look at this morning. And so to kind of get us started, do you ever have a feeling of complete inadequacy? Right? You, have, you ever have that feeling where you just feel inadequate? You know, I, I know there's times where I have that feeling where I'm like, man, I am just inadequate. Like I'm just, I'm not good enough to do certain things, or I just feel like, man, I, I just, at different times I feel like that, like, when it comes to spelling, like, I'm so inadequate when it comes to spelling, I had, I, I had to look in a dictionary how to spell inadequacy, like, that's just, thank goodness for spell check on modern technology, spelling is not my thing, you know, and I'm very inadequate when it comes to, like, Pastor Laura will ask me, she'll be like, Hey, Micah, how do you spell such and such? I'm like, I don't know. Pull it up on your phone. Like, type it in text message. If it's wrong, it'll autocorrect. Like, I, spelling is not, it, I shouldn't say it's, it's not our thing. So, like, if you've got a question about a word, don't ask Pastor Laura I. We're not your people. Like, we are inadequate when it comes to the area of spelling. But with being a relatively, you know, new homeowner still, you know, I've owned a house for almost two years now coming up. I'm still learning kind of the ins and outs of owning a home, uh, you know, and just, you know, kind of the maintenance and the upkeep of a home, you know, doing some of the projects and, you know, little tinkering and upgrades that come with having a home, you know, which they all sound great. And in theory, you're like, oh, man, like, I want to upgrade my bathroom. Like, it, it would look great to have, like, a new vanity and all these different things in there, you know, and, you know, Pastor Laura's like, hey, wouldn't it be great to do these things? And I'm like, it sounds really cool. Like, why not? Let's go for it. And she's the one that, she gets an idea, and she's like, next thing I know, it's sitting in the, it's sitting in the front door, and I'm like, oh. Like, literally, one day I came home, and there were two bathroom vanities sitting in the front door of our house. Our neighbor brought them home. Like, I didn't even have to bring them. I was like, okay, this was an idea, and now they're here. What do I do with these? I guess I'm putting them in, you know? And so, you got to figure out how to do these things. I've never done, you know, taking a sink apart and figure out how to do these things, and so you just kind of, I'm like, oh, I'm okay with my hands. Like, I can figure out how to do certain things like that, and you start trying to figure it out, and you're like, I mean, I've been doing this for like three hours and I can't figure it out. I'm going to go to my friend, YouTube. You pull up a video and in three minutes this guy shows you how to do it. And you're like, oh, man, again, I feel inadequate. What took somebody three minutes in a video to teach me how to do, I've been working for three hours to try to figure out how to do it. You know, and again, just kind of those feelings of inadequacy. Thank you. Pardon me. 
just had to take some medication. I forgot to take it this morning. Um, you know, just different things like that where you're like, man, really? Like, this three hours of frustration and a three-minute YouTube video was taken care of. You know, again, you just you kind of feel inadequate in those moments like that. Uh, you know, like a few weeks ago, all of a sudden our hot water heater goes out, and I'm like, hey, I know I don't know how to do this, but I've got a guy, Adam Thronson. He knows how to help with this kind of stuff. I call Adam, I'm like, hey, Adam, are you available? He's like, yep. Adam came over, helped us get a new hot water heater put in. You know, it's just understanding people that can help in times where you're like, hey, that's not an area where I'm great in, but I know other people who can help. And you know what the greatest thing in the world is? We serve a God who, you know what, we might not always be able to do everything, but we serve a God who can do all things. He is the I am. And so even though we have inadequacies in and of ourselves, we serve the perfect God who can do all things. And he, he overcomes all of our shortcomings that we have as individuals. And so this morning, I want to encourage us, and by the end of our message, I hope that you, you, can, you can catch on to this encouragement that, you know what, despite how sometimes we feel as though maybe we're, we're little or we feel inadequate, we serve a God who says, you know what, I'm here to help you in all of those areas of your life. If you lean upon me, if you look to me, I will help you through all of the different things that you walk through in your life. But I bet I'm not the only one, right, that's felt that way before. We all have different stories where we go, you know what, I've felt inadequate in different situations. Um, but as I said, we're going to be spending some time looking at the names of God over the next few weeks as we look at Exodus chapter 3. And this is a study of God, of the book of Exodus, and how God provides with himself uh, a study uh, of how God's people trust or, or don't trust him at different times. And so let's dig into Exodus chapter 3. But before we do, I want to give you just a touch of context. Otherwise, you might be just a little bit lost as to where we are. So here's some context for the story. So the end of Genesis ends with Joseph saving his family by having grain for Jacob and all of his sons. So then Jacob and, you know, his family all moves to Egypt, and they're living there happily ever after, supposedly, right? But at the beginning of the book of Exodus, we find out the Israelites have been living in captivity for 400 years under the Egyptians. And you can read the first couple chapters of Exodus, but all the Hebrews are slaves in Egypt. And Moses was on the run because he had murdered an Egyptian, so he was living out in the wilderness tending sheep. And then this occurs, and this is where we're going to pick it up in Exodus chapter 3, starting with verse 1. It says, Now Moses was pasturing the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the midst of a bush, and he looked. And behold, the bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not consumed. So Moses said, I must turn aside now and see this marvelous sight, why this bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not come near here. Remove your sandals from your feet. 
For the place on which you are standing is holy ground. He also said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Then Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Right, so this is, this is a big deal, right? We've got this burning bush that isn't actually being consumed, but it's on fire. Because what's happening here? God is revealing himself to Moses. God's revealing himself. And he's about to do something major through Moses and the Israelites in the story. So we love to talk about the story from the time that our kids are really little. Why? Because it's a cool story. It's a fun story. You can get really animated with it. You know, you think about it. Because why? Well, number one, we love fire. We love fire. But you think about this burning bush and it doesn't burn up. And God's speaking through a burning bush. And we, we love it. But it, we're going to keep looking at how the story plays out. So now let's listen to what God had to say to Moses from the burning bush as we pick it up again in verse 7. So the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and have given heed to their cry because of their taskmasters, for I am aware of their sufferings. So I have come down to deliver them from the power of the Egyptians, and to bring them up from the land to a good and spacious land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanite, and the Hittite, and the Amorite, and the Perizzite, and the Hivite, and the Jebusite. Now behold, the cry of the sons of Israel has come to me. Furthermore, I have seen the oppression with which the Egyptians are oppressing them. Therefore, come now, and I will send you to Pharaoh, so that you may bring my people, the sons of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, and that I should bring the sons of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, Certainly I will be with you. And this shall be a sign to you that, I, that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God at this mountain. Then Moses said to God, Behold, I am going to the sons of Israel, and I will say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. Now they may say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And that's a valid question if you think about this. Right? It's, remember, it's been 400 years that the Israelites have been underneath Egyptian control. The slaves in Egypt. So the people there, the, the Israelites, you know, they, they knew of God, but they didn't really know God. They knew God from, you know, hearing about him, of, oh, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And, you know, they, they heard stories of him, and, and they knew of him, but they didn't really personally know God. But God said, I'm keeping my promise. I am good enough. Everyone I made the promise to is actually dead, right? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They're long gone at this point in the story. But I'm still here, and as God, I have not changed. Who I am is no different today than it was 400 years ago. So how is God going to respond to Moses' question? Well, this is what it says in verse 14. God said to Moses, I am 
who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God furthermore said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial name to all generations. He revealed his name, I am. What does this mean? This word is a form of the Hebrew word meaning to be. To be. I am means what? It means he exists. It means God exists. But it's more than that. It's he is self-existent. Not just God exists, but that God is self-existent. And this may come as a surprise to you, but none of us are here by our own choice, right? However you want to take that, you and I, we did not come into existence by our own being, right? You and I were not created by our own being. You didn't will yourself into existence. By contrast, God did not come into existence. He always has been, and he always will be. God is self existent. As human beings, we all require certain things to exist, such as air, water, food, and so on. But God requires nothing to exist. That is why the ground Moses stood on was holy. It had been set apart. I am is a statement of authority. This is reality. Literally, no other being can make this claim other than God. We are all, I will be, and eventually, I was. But none of us are in the league of, I am. But I am is more than just, I exist and I always have. I am also implies activity. God is doing something, and when he reveals himself, he deserves our trust. He is the I am. So when God says that he's going to do something, we should trust that he is going to do what he says he's going to do. He takes care of his people, even when we don't understand what it is he's doing. So God is holy. Moses was incomplete, right? He's inadequate. He has shortcomings. But God is complete. He's fully adequate. Moses was helpless, but God is a provider. Moses was inadequate, but God is more than sufficient. Moses was asking, who am I? God is saying, I am. We are the same as Moses. We ask those questions, but why me? Who am I that I should do these? And God is saying, but I am. I think this is a hard concept for us because we don't understand the concept of eternity, or we don't understand the concept of being fully adequate. It's hard for us to grasp those concepts of who God fully is, and to fully trust that at times. But God is eternal. God is fully adequate. God is fully able to do all things. We must trust Him in that way. 
We don't understand what it means to be self-existent, for he is self-existent. We need something where he doesn't need anything. And that is hard for us to fully comprehend. He says, for I am enough. Have you ever had one of those times when God just provided and you never expected it? Right? God just surprised you and you're like, wow, I, I, I never saw that coming. Or, you know, because God just, he's our provider. It, it, it's, it's a wonderful thing. And so I know I, I've shared this story here before, but I think it just fits in again. And so I want to share it again. God is such a wonderful provider. And there's, there's no one that could ever, ever convince me anything different. Because God has shown me over and over again in my life personally the way that he provides. So when I graduated from college, or I'll back it up a second. When God called me into the ministry, God said, if you remain faithful to what I'm calling you to do, you will never have to worry about finances in your whole life. That's what, that is one of the promises God gave me. He said, if you remain faithful to what I'm calling you to do, you will never have to worry about finances. Okay. And I have fully trusted and believed that from the moment that God told me that. So I graduated from college with $35,000 in debt. Some of you are going, hey, that's not bad for a college graduate these days. Well, those of you that know, ministry is not exactly a money-making career choice compared to some of the other career options that are out there. I'm not complaining about you know, what I make. I'm just saying there are other careers that are more lucrative when it comes to what you can make. But anyhow, so okay, I graduate with $35,000 in debt. I'm going, all right, God, you told me as long as I'm faithful and doing what you call me to do, you will take care of the finances. And so I just start making my payments and I'm just being faithful and doing what I can do. 18 months later, I owed zero dollars on my loans. $35,000 were gone in 18 months. Why? Because God provides. Did I expect that that would ever happen in 18 months? No. But we serve a God who provides. A God who says, you know what? Even when we don't understand, even when it doesn't even make sense, I'm a God who provides, who takes care of my children. And he's a God who's faithful. God provided through all kinds of generous people, through random gifts, through different avenues. But God provides. God takes care of us. We serve an amazing God. He is the greatest provider ever, period. He is I am. God gets it. He provides. He is. He controls eternity to take care of his People. That's the story of Jesus. He gave his life, as scripture says, at just the right time. He was not the king that most people expected, but he was the king that the people needed. He is the king that we needed. God knew that. God knew what we needed. God called Moses not because of who Moses was, but because of who God is. His name is I Am. Essentially, God told Moses, I am taking care of all of this. I'm here, I'm permanent, I'm active, and I'm going to do something great. Why? 
Because God is able to do what God wants to do. God does what he wants to do. I've felt before that God calls me, God can at times call us to do stuff that seems like, oh, this is kind of not a real big deal. This maybe kind of seems like a little bit of, uh, of like a small thing or a boring thing. Why can't I do something big like lead people out of Egypt or out of captivity? Why? Because God calls each of us to do different things. God calls each of us to do specific tasks that he has for us. We have to trust God that he is calling us to do exactly what we're meant to do. For he is I am. And our role, quite simply, is what? Our role in all of this is to be available to whatever God needs us to do. Our role is to be available. So bottom line, we need to submit to a God that takes care of his people. We need to submit to a God that takes care of his people. He's completely able to care for us because he's self-existent and he's active. Our job is to say, whatever you want, Lord, I trust you in this. What do you need to trust the I am with today? What did you come in here with this morning that you need to say, you know what, God? I trust you with this. Maybe I haven't fully trusted you with this. Maybe I've been carrying this on my own. Maybe I've been struggling with this. Maybe I've been hesitant to say, God, I give this to you. What is it this morning that you're ready to say, God, I trust you fully with this today? Maybe it's your time. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's a relationship that you're in. Maybe it's a family matter. Maybe it's your housing situation, whatever it may be. Maybe there's something that you're going through in your life. And it's time to say, God, I trust you in this. Maybe there's something that isn't going your way, no matter how hard you've tried. You're giving it all of your effort. The reality is it's not always if I work harder, it's going to get better. Sometimes we have to give up the control to God. And just say, God, have your way in this. I trust you. The answer is to submit to God. Do what God has called us to do. To love and trust him. So this morning as the worship team comes back up, we're going to close out with a time of prayer this morning. This morning I want to encourage you to let go of whatever you're struggling with and to trust God. The I am this morning and know that he is working in your situation no matter how difficult it may seem no matter how overwhelming it may feel no matter how even if it seems impossible this morning know that I am is working in your situation we know that nothing is impossible for our Lord we're going to take the next few minutes and we're going to have time for prayer and response. But maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're going, you know what, I don't, I don't have anything this morning that I would like prayer for. Well, as the worship team leads us, I want to encourage you, maybe just take this opportunity to stand up and, and praise the Lord. To just have a time of worship and just thank the Lord for what He's doing, for how He's providing, for how He's helping you through each and every day 
of your life and the things that you're walking through right now. We serve an active God. We serve a God who is doing something great. One who is always in the business of moving and working on the behalf of those who love and trust Him. Just remember, if that you ever feel inadequate, if you ever feel like you are not enough, we serve a God who is more than able to do anything and everything. We serve a God who overcomes all of our shortcomings. Because he doesn't look at us and say, hey, do you see the things that you struggle with? He says, no. Here I am to help you. Here I am as your Lord. I am here to help in this situation. I am.